want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. On today's podcast, I share with you a very powerful spirit. Victoria Gonzalez, an old friend of mine, is a Reiki master, yoga teacher, esoteric metaphysical practitioner, aromatherapist, and sound therapist. She is a song carrier for native and indigenous music and holds space for sacred plant medicines. She now resides in Nashville, Tennessee, and owns a self-care business called Glow Up Nashville. On today's episode, we talk about the magic of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala, the energy of fire, and the power of plant medicine. It is a soulful journey today, you all. I can't wait for you to take a listen. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. So right before we came on, we were discussing that we hadn't seen each other in 15 years. <laughs> it's a long time. Many, many lifetimes. And when we met, you were a college student. I was. And we, I was directing a production of Pajama Game. You were. I bet you were in. And now you're a full adult. I, I'm, I'm sitting across from you and you all can't see her, but I can see her and she's an adult. <laughs> I am. I feel like, you know, one of the things I'm absolutely grateful for that I experienced with you in that was that, you know, Greg was such, um, Greg White, who was the, like the main artistic director of UCO during my time there. He's still there. He had left that year to go and complete his doctorate. And so, unfortunately, I didn't have the best relationship with who was left to, you know, hold that vigil for all of the students. And then you came in and showed me a very different way that musical theater can happen. And I remember when I auditioned for you the first time, I had listened to other people's advice about what I should do and what I should say. And, and I flubbed it. It just was like the worst audition I probably ever had. And then... Somehow I got called in to the callbacks to sing for you again. And I sang what I knew. I sang what I knew was going to be the best way to present myself. And I remember you turning around and you just going like, it's night and day. It's night and day. And I just remember how you had such like a, um, a George Abbott style to your directing. Like it was very much, and I loved that. I loved that because I feel like I learned so much with that. And I really was able to like shine in a very different way. So you've had a very lasting impact on me just as a human. Oh my gosh. I'm so I don't honored. know if you're aware of that. I am not aware of that. And that <laughs> well, now that, you are. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I humbly accept that and say, thank you. And I'm glad that I, I had an impact on your life. It's interesting. It's sort of the ripple thing, right? You have no idea what effect you're having on people mm -hmm. just by 
being you ultimately. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that feedback and I'm honored, honored, honored. Absolutely. So we have another connection. So just so everyone knows, before we, we came on, I had this plan of what I wanted you to talk about. <laughs> and then I read a bio you sent me and I went, whoa, wait a minute. We got to talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because we have a connection We both have a separate connection, but we have a connection to a place that I hold so dear, Mm. so dear in my heart, which is Guatemala, Mm -hmm. and specifically a very powerful lake there. Talk about your experience at this very powerful lake. So I've actually never been there, but the elder, I met this elder along my travels with sacred plant medicine, and his name is Tata Pedro. And he and I immediately had this really beautiful connection. He invited me to travel with him all over the U.S. to do sacred ceremony, cacao ceremony, fire ceremony. He started teaching me about the Mayan calendar. It just started really dousing me, like almost like watering who I was at the time with all of this like Mayan cosmology education, like all of this. And it was so beautiful. And the only time that I've ever visited it was in journeying because he took me there. We journeyed together with sacred plant medicine and in our 5D, in our like upper dimensions, he took me there and he showed me, you know, everything, you know, and I have such reverence for that because of what happened with the Maya culture and with their their history and the way that things were taken from them, they needed somewhere as a retreat. And that is like Atitlan. That's like where they went. And that's where all of the elders live. They all live around. It's a huge lake. There are all of these different parts of it. And that's where the elders live. And there are so many different dialects of their language that are spoken there. You know, there are languages that are thought to be dead that are still spoken there. There are rituals that are thought to be gone that are still done there. And because of the way that their like heritage and, and the, the, the la lengua de los ancestors, like, like the language of their ancestors is all there. And so it's become like this really incredibly sacred epicenter in Guatemala. It's on the, it's on the Western part of Guatemala. It's like on the other side of <laughs> like Belize is on one side and then like Atitlan is over here. It's, it's just such a sacred place and you have to go, my, my understanding is that you have to go by invitation because it's, you cannot find it unless you know. Yeah, I can guarantee you, there. you cannot yeah. find it without being invited. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to be invited and to go three incredible. different times. Three different time. times, like, no, maybe like, that's just like, that's just so incredible. You to know? say to say it's planes, trains, and automobiles to get there is a major understatement. It is. It's a journey within it's itself. It's a journey all to get there. Yeah. All into its own. It's a journey. Yes. And then when you do arrive on this sacred lake, when I say the energy is palpable, it's an understatement because it is all of these elders from this tra- these various traditions, yet they have a similar thread. And so you're amongst the wisest of the souls and the sweetest people, the most giving and loving people Mm -hmm. you've ever met. Mm -hmm. It's truly a magical experience. 
And uh, I'm so honored to have been there. So when I read that, I was like, she studied with them. I have to hear about this. (laughs) So let me back up a bit. Is your family from Guatemala or how did you find, how did you come, what is your background? How did you come to this? Oh my gosh. Um, So no, (laughs) not at all. Actually, my family, me, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like hearing what I want to say in Spanish and I'm like, we can't talk in Spanish. No one's going to understand that. Um, <laughs> my family is from Spain and from Mexico. That's, that's, and then that's my dad's side of the family. That's where Gonzalez come from, like of the house of Gonzalo. And it's the EZ, which means that like my male ancestors came from Spain in that way. My, my, my mother is Eastern European and French. So that's where like the gypsy, like magical, like other, another kind of metaphysical uh, energy that I carry with me comes from as well. But I, gosh, so I had been doing, I had been really, really deep into my yogic studies, you know, Ayurveda, Asana, Pratyahara, Pranayama, like all of the limbs of yoga, just like really, really deep in it. And one of the practices I had been doing was uh, what's called yoga nidra which is sleep yoga, which is used to help access a part of your subconscious and journey within there in order to promote healing. And I had had a very regular practice with this at the time. And I had this very specific journey within that, that took me, I was floating away from the earth and I was just looking at the earth and I was like, ah, look how beautiful it is. And I was like in the aura of the earth, right? And then I like hit this, like a barrier of some sort. And I was like, okay. And I had to like wiggle around in order to like look at what was on the other side. And it was the universe. And I was like, I couldn't, I felt like, you know, I was in a glass case of emotion, you know, like I couldn't get out of that. Right. And I remember coming, um, I was brought back to here after the session of Yoga Nidra. And I told my teacher, who happened to be a very good friend of mine, what I had experienced. And I said, I don't think that I can break that glass ceiling by myself. Mm. And I said, I have it, what I interpreted it, especially over the years as I've been integrating everything, because you're always constantly integrating the journeys, right? Is that what I had seen was like this mastery almost of like earthly energies. And like the, what the next step was, was to really encounter the divine and the universe and the universe, you know, it's just a reflection of what's going on within us and like all of that. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And I told her, I was like, I've never done a sacred plant medicine that would basically, you know, crack open my brain and like, let's take a look at it kind of vibe. Right. So she and I had the intentions to go and sit with ceremonial mushrooms in Joshua tree. This is when I was living in LA and as she does, um, someone who was a friend of my friend hit her up and was like, hey, we're going to be in Ojai. Do you want to come sit with Abuela, which is ayahuasca? Or sit with mother, which takes you to Abuela, which is ayahuasca. And she was just like, let me see. And he was like, and bring your friend. And she was like, what friend? And he was like, you know what friend I'm talking about. And I was like, oh my gosh. It literally ended up being the weekend after we were supposed to go. So she was like, I really want you to like sit with this, see if this is something that you're called to. And 
if you want to do that, you know, I have an invitation. It used to be before ayahuasca became commercialized, which is so weird to me. This was like almost eight years ago now mm-hmm. when I was doing this, that I really sat with it. I integrated it, like what it would mean, like what that ceremony was going to be like. And she, you used to have to have an introduction into that space in the same way that you need an introduction to like a titlan. You, need an, you used to need an introduction in this ayahuasca ceremony. And there are still some ceremonies that you have to have an invitation into. You cannot just like show up. And I would encourage anybody listening <laughs> who wants to journey with this medicine to wait for the invitation. Because if you rush into it, it can create chaos. And I've been witness to that because I ended up being, for lack of a better term, like a priestess, like to hold the space for that medicine. So I went and I sat with it and I, I knew that I was in this path. And so I took the next nine months to really integrate my life for a journey with her, like to really go and to sit with her and to do the work, to live with a tribe who practiced it, who shared the medicine, to learn, to become a, a song carrier, which I am for it now of all of, of all of the medicine that ayahuasca has to offer you. And it was when I arrived in New York, in upstate New York, to go and live with this tribe that I met Tata Pedro. And he immediately came and sat down next to me. And he was like, you know, he, he only speaks Spanish and, oh gosh, I feel like it's Quechua, but I don't feel like that's the right language. He, he only speaks Spanish and his version of, or his dialect of Maya. And so we're speaking Spanish with each other, right? And he's like, you know, in, in Spanish, like, when are you born? And he like, he gets out his book and I, he gifted me one. I have one here. And he looked up when my birthday was. And he immediately started telling me all about what Akmak, which is like the, the symbol of the ancestors, which is, which is me. He was like, started telling me all about that. And started talking to me about like the Maya, like all of this just started dousing me with energy because I carry the energy of the ancestors according to Mayan cosmology. And I was like, that makes so much sense as to like what I have experienced in like American society as to, as opposed to how welcome and liberated I felt in this community. Mm. And um, he, and I just maintained contact And about a year later, after I had completed all of this work that I did with the tribe, and I got my Reiki master certification as well, and simultaneously, and really was just dousing myself with all of this energetic um, alignment, attunement, I really want to call it. He and I found each other in LA, and he came, and we traveled, and just did a bunch of fire ceremonies, did a bunch of blessings, we did a bunch of cacao, we like really... He spent, we spent months together learning about that only in Spanish, teaching me how to read people, teaching me how to basically blessing me with that knowledge to carry it on. So for anybody out there who's never been to a fire ceremony, obviously I, <laughs> I have on the lake with these. That's incredible. That's incredible. What does that mean? What does that entail? What does it look like? Oh gosh. So there's a bunch of different facets that go into the preparation of it, which I would share if I were teaching somebody how to do it, but that's something that's been bequeathed to me. So I'll, I'll share with you what the experience is meant to be. We acknowledge each of the different energies of the days, and there are prayers that are said for each of them, and there are blessings and different herbs and different spices and different, they love sugar. 
like <laughs> throwing the, the fire. It, you really learn how to communicate with fire, mm-hmm. which is an element that they, I'm just like, they carry it with such reverence. It is so beautiful. And you, when you can talk to the fire, it's another way to talk to spirit. It's another way to talk to the ancestors. It's another way to communicate with the divine. And you offer blessings to the fire. You offer prayers to the fire. You offer energy to the fire. You know, you offer anything that you want to be shifted. Fire is the quickest way to transmute energy. If you want to change the physical makeup of something, you throw it on the fire. (laughs) You can throw it in water. Maybe it'll shift. But anything, you throw it in fire and it changes very rapidly. And that's what it's meant to offer to anybody who is present for it. You can throw cacao in there. The spirit loves cacao, loves cacao. You can throw alcohol on it. It's just like anything, tobacco. So say there are, you know, cedar, um, anything really can be thrown in there as long as it is met with the intention of a blessing or a prayer or a wish, something that you're wanting to transmute energy around. That is what you offer it for. And the way that we did it, you went around the circle and every person was in charge of one of the energies that you're carrying that energy forward to be offered to the fire. And we did it for however many people were present. And if there were more than 13 people there, usually you you would cap it at that. You would try to, so that everything was present, but then you would start, we would also go into like the elements and like some of the higher deities that you would offer energy to. It's just this really beautiful cleansing spiritual ceremony. You know, you usually need a komal, which is a way, or you can use a fire pit. That's totally fine. But if you don't have access to that, a komal is basically like this flat dish that you can build a fire on top of. And it's and it can be as small as like that, or it can get as big as you need it to be. And it doesn't matter the size of the fire. It's all just about the communication with that. And then usually Papa Pedro would share stories and spiritual teachings that he's receiving from his guides and you will be witness to the fire speaking to you as he is sharing this and the language la lengua um, del fuego is the language of the fire it's like that best friend that's like got your back it wants you to be happy it wants you to be your fiery full self. And it just is like, let me consume all of la malas. Like, let me take all of the bad. Let me take all of that and transmute it for you. And, you know, even in sacred ceremony, there's always a fire keeper, someone that is in charge of the fire. Because if someone's energy starts tending to the fire with a distorted energy, it can corrupt the fire. So it will either kill the fire or the fire will get out of control. Mm -hmm. And so there's someone always present to be a fire keeper is what they call it. There's a water keeper. There's a fire keeper, you know, like all of the elements has a keeper in that way in sacred ceremony. So I love hearing you talk about this because a clearly you're very passionate about it. I love it. It's, and it's so funny because I was all prepared to talk about something else. And I'm like, and then I get to nerd out about this. And I, I love this. It was such a special time in my life, such a special time. I was bequeathed with so many blessings of these traditions, you know, songs, 
from Native American and like and like Native tribes to Central and South America and like being privy to this kind of information when someone who like a girl from Oklahoma who studied musical theater in college but who had a thirst for this kind of knowledge was just they're so happy to share it but I I you know one of the responsibilities of of being shared that information with is holding it with honor mm-hmm. you know that's something that I strive for is to carry it like that they really are so generous with the with the energy and with the knowledge and uh, I remember when I obviously I said I went to the lake three times I also had three fire ceremonies each time I was there so I've had the experience like nine different times and each time it's a completely different energy. It's a completely different experience. And so people are always asking me, well, what's it like? And it, it's so hard to explain because it's not like, it's like the energy of the moment. Like, how do you, how do you describe right now? You can't. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I love is that he would, we would schedule these ceremonies on specific days. He could just tell that this was, that there was an energy that needed to be channeled on this specific day with these specific elements present. And so it didn't matter if it was a Tuesday or a Saturday, that was the day that it was done. And because of that, you know, every single time it was different, you know, every single time there were so many, you know, just witnessing the people who were attending and watching their spirit, how they, how they walked in with the energy that they were carrying and then how they like floated out Mm, (laughs) like with with, like everything lifted. It's just, it's, it's so incredible. So I think you'll find it funny uh, because at the time I was like very confused by it, but I went for my reading and to sit with my, my shaman, my, the master. And he was asked the date of birth. Of course you, I wrote it down. I handed him the piece of paper he looked at it. He said, he asked me one question. He said, and what are you doing with your life through the translator? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Such a fun question. And I said, well, I'm a storyteller. I, you know, I said, you know, yeah. I tried to explain to the translator what, you know, at the time I was working on Broadway Oh, okay. and he turned to me and he said, go away. <laughs> that was it. Oh my God, how funny. <laughs> People had sat with him for like hours. 20 minutes, five hours. And I literally got go away. And I remember at the time I was like, so like, almost like upset or confused and lost. Yeah. and like, what? And I got back and then I sat down and I was like, oh, he's telling me I'm on track. <laughs> he's like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love that. You're doing your thing. Yeah. He's <laughs> oh. like, so, so you're good. Then, then like, they have like, leave. Yeah. Get out like, of here. <laughs> it hit me. That's you know? incredible. Yeah, it was really I was, I was just looking for my book, but it, it's, it's in, it's in my bookcase by my bed where I have, I think they're up until like 1999. I have until like the, the 2000s. Like I could look up all of that. Mm. Of course, he's constantly updating it and you can always count from what you have or look it up. I guess you can now look it up, <laughs> look up your Mayan cross on the internet. Yeah. It's so funny. So how have you then taken these experiences and these healings and the, these, this knowledge and brought it into your work? Ooh. So I spent 
gosh. When you do the amount of work that I did, <laughs> like an uncountable amount of ceremonies where, you know, that's always something that you'll get in an Aya ceremony. So how many times have you sat with Iowa? And I'm just like, I don't know. I've sat with it enough to where I'm here. Like, why does that matter? You know, it's like this weird, there's just like a tear that they haven't moved through yet. But like, when I came back, you're constantly having to integrate back into society because society does, this society, American society, doesn't necessarily hold space for you to carry yourself in that way. And that was so hard for me. It was so hard because I'd been living in it for like years. And I experienced in LA some distortion within the spiritual community, which is what made me want to take a step back because it was right at the beginning of when all of this sacred energy that I had been given by elders was starting to be commercialized. And it really, really bothered me, really bothered me because I, I felt like it was the deepest of disrespects that you could have offered to a people, like you said, who are so kind and are so generous. And now you're commercializing it in order to make money. And I'm just like, that's not why they do it. They don't hold money like that. And I got, I got very upset. And so I, I took a step back, you know, most of my, most of my teachers are in Central and South America, (laughs) you know, and I, as much as I wish that I could go and live down there and just be immersed in that, you know, that's not, I was told that that wasn't my path. And I understood that. And that wasn't by a human. That was by Abuela. That was by the divine. She and I, the last time I sat with her, I had my two, had two of my teachers on either side of me in this Aya ceremony. And Tata Pedro was right here. And then Maestro Manuel was on my other side. And she told me, this is the last time I'm going to see you for a while. And I was like, why? And she said, because now it's time for you to go and walk your path. And I was like, almost like, okay. But you know, she's like kicking the baby bird out of the nest. I'm not ready yet. I know, but but I'm like, am I ready? Do I even want to go back to that? Or can I live in this sacred bubble that I've been in for a while where this is held with the highest amount of reverence? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, she was like, this is, and she was right. I have, Aya has not presented herself to me in almost three years now which is crazy because for five years I was just like in it. So I came back, I was living in a recording studio in Los Angeles. And one of the things that spirit told me was to really get back to my music because believe it or not, Nikki Mose, I had not been singing other than sacred music. I hadn't been singing anything. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm a trained singer. I've been singing since before I could talk, you know? So she was like, that's a part of yourself that you really need to get into. And I was like, okay. So I started writing music. I started when I would sit down with my guitar on a piano, it was mainly with a guitar, with a drum. The first thing that would always come to my heart were the sacred songs, just because I felt so connected with that. And then I started trying to live I, there was almost because of the distortion that I had witnessed in the spiritual community, me even carrying any kind of that spirituality on my outer parts of myself was met with challenge. People, they would judge me. 
they would make assumptions about the way, because I look white, that I'm very deeply Hispanic. And they would, you know, there was, I, I understood what was going on. And it was because so many had started carrying it with a commercialization and like stealing, you know, traditions and, you know, like what we're witnessing right now. If, if I were to sit here and share with you Native American songs and the songs of like the Central and South America, they, they could very easily say that I'm culturally appropriating that. And I'm like, no, I was actually gifted that by your elders, but I am not going to advertise that. But what I did do was there was a little special like niche of people in LA that I would hold fire and drum circles for and cacao. And we would sit and people would learn the language, but that was it. It wasn't ever recorded. It wasn't ever, I didn't receive money for it. It was just for the sharing of it. And then when I got to Nashville, which is where music led me, how ironically, from what I have witnessed, I have, I have never resonated with a community here to really start dipping my toes into. And so any, any kind of practice that has to do with those sacred traditions are usually done in the privacy of my own home. But when I really started getting into offering, I don't like using the word healings because I like to call them clearings because you're already healed. You're just looking at it from a distorted point of view in that way. I'm like, let's just, just clear this out of the way. You don't, you don't have to hold on to that. We can let that go. That's not, that's not really who you are. That's what someone told you that you are and that you're holding on to. I started offering energy channelings and I started taking things that I had, I had a lot of meditations with spirit about how and, and abuela, you know, she and I talk on a regular like homies. Um, you got the direct line. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you sit with her so many times that you understand that you don't necessarily need ayahuasca to talk to her. Right. But you sometimes need ayahuasca for her to talk to you because mm-hmm. you got to remove like that human, like humanness, ego, mm-hmm. mind. But she and I have conversations a lot. And I was like, what are some safe ways for me to offer this without me, without me disrespecting or giving the front of disrespecting traditions. And she said, always buy your herbs from people who have been passed down how to, you know, cultivate that. Always gather your tools and resources from people who carry it with honor. And I'm like, okay, check. And she was just like, what about your Eastern European influences? And I was like, oh, you're right. Like I have all this gypsy energy in me, you know, what did the gypsies do? And so I started doing tarot and I can very, you know, one of the energies that I've been blessed with is the ability to read people very easily. I don't need tarot cards. I could easily tap into you, (laughs) but the tarot cards are like a guidance for them. It gives them a visual of what that energy is looking like that we're tapping into. And so I started integrating that I've done some massage therapy school. I do aromatherapy, which is tied into like Eastern medicine, Ayurveda, you know, integrating like different herbs and different smells in order to promote wellness. It just kind of like, she was like, okay, so take everything that you have learned (laughs) over your lifetimes and just trust that I'm going to show you how to weave the, weave. she showed me as as a Shipibo tapestry. I don't know if you're familiar with what those are. She's like, just start, you know, making your own Shipibo tapestry of your life, because that's how she showed me that my brain 
works is that my brain is a Shipibo tapestry. And when you think distortion, you're like ripping the threads. And for those who don't know, a Shipibo tapestry actually has songs and lessons sewn into it. And if you know how to read the tapestry, you know how to read the song. And that's just such like this beautiful lesson that she's taught me about that. So yeah, I do essential oils now. I do consultations with people about healing different things within their body. Like we've, I'll tune into them. I'm actually really good at day of looking at someone and hearing what they're going through and being able to tell them exactly what it's coming from. I love this tapestry of idea, especially as I'm hearing you, because really it's like, like she said, you, you were, you're taking these lifetimes of knowledge and wisdom and you're bringing them together. And I know that a lot of our listeners go through this of being really good at many different things, many different things. And that it's okay. It's, it's, what a blessing. Like why yeah. I, you know, I, I don't like the influence of like someone putting someone down for that kind of stuff, you know, like stealing energy from someone is never okay. That's not a human law. That's sacred law, not to steal mm. energy, thought, emotions. That's why, you know, the fact that we see people appropriating culture, you're stealing from them. That's sacred law. That's such a violation. And I believe in sacred law more than I believe in human law. <laughs> Let's be honest. So what's the, if what's then is the sort of entry point? How do people find you? Because you have a business. I do. Right? I have, I am super legit now. I have an LLC, no big deal. Um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I post readings on there. I post my products on there. Um, I don't advertise any of the sacred plant medicine that I can hold space for mainly because that is not for everybody. And I do not want someone approaching me for it when they're not in alignment to receive it. Well, again, I think that's that's an invitation, right? It's an invitation. It it needs to be an invitation. Yes. You know, one of my favorite lines from a song by Rising Appalachia is, wise men say that rushing is violence but so is your silence when it's rooted in compliance. I love that mainly because it's, it's this idea of everything will come to you when it is time for it. You don't need to reach and grasp for things. Just open your hand and receive it. Woo, you're reading me today. You're reading me today. Garrett <laughs> <laughs> wants me to talk to you right now, huh? I needed to hear that. That message was right there downloaded for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's really funny because that always ties into all of your, I feel like there are so many different ways to read energy. You can read it with Reiki, astrology, tarot, Ayurveda, you know, all of these different practices. And it's just, it's la lengua de la energía de su It's like, it's like the energy of your body. And there are all of these different ways and reflections of how that are just offering education. There is no one right way, right? But, you know, say that you understand Ayurveda and how to take care of your body better through Ayurveda than you do with you know, me offering you ayahuasca and you being able to witness what it is. It's like, no, it's everything works better. So I like offering a bunch of different things like a lot of people do in order to help whoever it is that is seeking that, you know, you're taking like this big wide array of tools and then channeling it into for that one person. Yeah. I love it. It's a toolbox. 
It's a toolbox. Yes. And you have, and there are no two of us that are alike. Therefore, what tools will uh, work for us are different. There is no one way. There is no one mm-hmm. path to yeah. enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, self-actualization. Enlightenment is is accessible right now. Yeah. It's not like this thing that it's just, it's like. It's, it's in the fire. It's in the moment. It's in the moment. Life is a ceremony if you treat it as such. Yes, completely. Absolutely. So I, I, I am on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> to answer your question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Those are the two main ways. And I've found that that's a really easy way just to have an online presence. And when people find me, I do have a group here that I, that I work with ceremonially with sacred plant medicine. But that's only by invitation. Like, I don't just, like, say, hey, I'm going to be doing mushrooms today. Who wants to come? Because that's just inviting not only, like, everybody's energy, but, like, darker energies that want to be present for that. Like, that's just, you know, that's crazy. Well, and and as you said, not everyone's ready for that moment. No. And then you're inviting them into your space and you're sharing energy and you're, you know, there is something called imprinting within these sacred ceremonies. You have to be very, that's why I get so nervous, Nick. I'm going to get on a little soapbox really fast for all of your listeners. I get so nervous when I hear about people that are like, oh, I'm going to go on this ayahuasca retreat down in, you know, Peru for like two weeks. And I'm like, hold up. Do you know who's holding space for you? Well, no. I'm like, do you know who's making your medicine? Well, no. I'm like, do you know anybody else that's going to be there? Well, no. And I'm like, when you go, okay, okay, there are people who carry this medicine who do not have the best intentions for the individual. If they're advertising it, their intention is money. It is not the ceremony. And when the reason why they would ask that you know somebody that would be present for the ceremony is because when you are in that state, you are so outside of your body. You're on the other side of the universe. <laughs> dancing with spirit, doing whatever, and you come across something and you open your eyes into this dimension again, if you look around and see strangers, there can be a panic. There can be a, like what they'll call a bad, a bad journey, a bad trip. And you want to be able to look in someone's face that you know, that you trust, so that there's like, you can come back to yourself very easily. I will also say, like we said Right now, is it, life, life can be a ceremony. The making of the medicine is a, is a ceremony. But if that person is making it with the intention of getting your money, that is going into the medicine. <laughs> you know, if, and that's what you're drinking. That's how you're accessing spirit. If there is someone holding space for you and there is imprint, like they, they imprint energy on you, you can pick up habits that you did not have before you went into that ceremony. Um, I had one guy when I was, I used to offer reintegration therapy services for people who would go, this is right at the beginning of that wave where people are like, I'm going to go for two weeks and then try and integrate back into society. And I'm like, good luck. because (laughs) That's really hard to do. They would come to where I was living and ask for tools in order to help them reintegrate in. Because when you're that you do, I think, like four or five ceremonies in two weeks. Holy bejesus. 
That is insane to me. It's so much. And this man came back with, he's like, I've never smoked cigarettes before, but I am craving cigarettes all the time now. And I was able to tune in with him and I'm like, whoever, did someone touch you during ceremony? And he was like, yeah. And I was just like, who touched you? He's like, I don't know. I didn't know anybody there. And I'm like, they imprinted that onto you. That's not yours, but now you're carrying it. I had another man approach me who I'm shaking because I'm like (laughs) channeling energy right now. I had another man who came back with, he had spirits attached to him. And that was really scary because they came in the room and I was just like, whoa, I can, I could feel them. And they were trying to mess with me. And of course I'm, I carry myself in a way that they weren't able to access me, but I was just, I had to like, I had to call in my teacher and like really say like, how do we help this man? Because he went down there. And now he's in New York City and he's, you know, surrounded by all of this energy and he's so raw. He's so, it's like bare skin underneath the hot sun. Like he, he, he just was so vulnerable in that way. So anybody who, who wants to carry or wants to be present with this medicine, I invite you to wait until it comes to you or go with someone that you know who they know who it is. Because like with any kind of sacred medicine, you're literally shedding all of those (laughs) parts of yourself that protect you from other energies. And I would add, have a grounded practice. Yes. You have to be in such a, you need to, you not have to be, you need to be in a space to be able to receive that medicine. Yeah. Or else it just creates more distortion and you're going to end up adding more things to your you know, your list <laughs> uh, to, to your malas, to the maladies that are in your body. Yeah. You're just like adding to it rather than removing it gently. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, man. So your business in Nashville, Glow Up Nashville. Yes. Tell me about it. Uh, Glow Up Nashville came from the idea that I, like the mission that I want to offer services to people to where they are glowing from the inside out. People will be like, oh, did you get a skin treatment? You're like, no, I'm just like glowing from the inside out. And so it offers all of these different tools in order to do that. You know, I offer um, sacred body healing, which is basically like going in and tending to your body for an hour, hour and a half. And like really like doing reflexology is in there. I do Abiyanga, which is like an oil ritual. I do uh, massage therapy. I do Reiki on you. I do sound healing. Like, it's just basically like you coming in and me applying all of these metaphysical tools to you (laughs) and we can address things one at a time. It sounds very customized. Very customized because like you said, no two people are the same. No two people are carrying the same kind of energy. You know, I do energy readings. I just spent the weekend. I had this friend refer me to this whole bunch of women. And I like spent the whole weekend like doing readings for all of these beautiful women. So I do like energy tunings. Um, I can do Reiki on you. I can offer the, the deeper in that we go. I can offer like sacred plant medicine. I do work with cacao a lot, which is a heart healer. I love cacao. So do I. I love it. So, so do I. I love I'm, it. You said that and I grabbed my heart. I don't even know yes. if you, you, you can't see me, but I grabbed my heart. Like, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of the 
one medicine that that was actually the first medicine I was given to carry was cacao. It's a non-hallucinogen, which is important because when you start messing with minds and like mental conditioning, that's an entirely different layer of energy to work with. But heart medicine, what I love about this medicine is it's scientifically proven as well as spiritually proven. Focused intention is our most powerful tool. You do not need to be on anything to have focused intention. <laughs> you absolutely do not need to be on anything. Oh. And I think that's the that's the the confusion for some around ayahuasca and around the commercialization of it. Is that they feel like they need it. Like it's the next quick fix, right? And it's not that. It kills me. It's just it's not. Like... And you don't even need it. You don't need it. You didn't get it. Yeah. That's what my teacher would say to you. Like you yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, 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 completely. So, okay. Do you also <laughs> offer online? I sessions? do. I, I Yes, absolutely. Obviously, when it comes to the sacred body energy stuff, I have to, it's a tangible thing. You know, my hands are pretty powerful creatures, and you can't experience that via distance. But I do do tarot readings online. I do Reiki online. I'll do, um, like, Ayurvedic consultations online. You know, I've, I've, that's actually been such a blessing in my business that it is something that I can do through this kind of medium. One of the things that I'm actually, which is actually something I did want to talk about is I'm starting a podcast called Be Your Healer. And there are so many, you know, like we're talking about, like, you know, I need, I need ayahuasca. I have to like microdose with it every day in order to achieve this next level of enlightenment. And I'm like, bitch, stop. I, I want, there's like this obsession about, oh, my healer, my guru. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like a true master wants you to be your own guru. Truth. So much truth in that, right? Like they're just there to show it to you. They're not there to like implement it in for you. That's your job. And so, and, and your work. And when you look to, it's just that same kind of thing. When you look to outside influences in order to satisfy what's going on on the inside, you're going to come up empty every single time. That's why my focus is on the inside. Let's clear out what's going on on the inside that makes you feel like you're lacking worth, you know, lacking confidence, all of the things that create that sense of lack, that negativity, like that, like that darkness, that like negative space. And let's fill it up. Let's fill it up with gold. Let's just fill it up with all of these different things so that you're glowing from the inside out. And when you take care of your insides, your outside is a reflection of that. Beautiful. Beautifully beautifully said. Thank you. Beautifully said. Thank you. That is just true. Okay. So you said you're on Instagram and Facebook. Where? Yes. How, can, how can people find you? Glow Up Nashville. Glow Up Nashville. I love it. At so, Glow Up Nashville. At Glow Up Nashville. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We were to talk about Ayurveda today. <laughs> we were. Well, so I'm going to have you back and we'll do a part two that's okay. on Ayurveda at another point because I love it. we need to have that conversation too. <laughs> but I want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey. Oh, thank you. The knowledge, the commitment, the passion that you have. And I really want to honor you that you are honoring the sacredness of the plant and of the teachings. And yes, in Glow Up Nashville, you are receiving monetary because it's a good energy exchange, but it isn't for the plant. And I want 
I want I want to really honor you for for that. So thank you so very much for being here and we'll have you back. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Nick. Everyone out there have such a good day. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends, please rate, write us a review and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.